Wendy's two for six dollars lets you mix and match some of our best items, like <gasps> Dave Single with a ten-piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave Single, Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade. If you're into that, chicken Sam, crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's, Dave's nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. On the card only, single item at regular price. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios, this is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves, them, that makes them smile, celebrate. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea... With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Yes. Yes. Can we can we raise and elevate the ghost of John Facenda to redo that? And it just said, wherever it says raiders, it says huskers. Like, can we get <laughs> that? that- can we get that done? Like that, the autumn wind is a husk. Yeah. Like we need. The, come on! I, I know there's got to be a gravelly baritone voice in in Lincoln, and there I know there's some creative people who can write and put things together. They could use that as a template, and let's get with it. Let's get with it. A little tough time for my Raiders. They've been in the news lately. A little, little bit, a little bit. They've yeah, been. They, you I'll know. tell you what. I tell you what, I'm really proud of Derek Carr. You know, the way that, you know, when, when Gruden popped up, you know, he, he made a great statement. He said, you know, you, you hate the sin, but you love the center, right? And then uh, I saw the tail end of his statement about uh, Ruggs where he said, uh, you know, he was really conflicted emotionally about, you know, you got a job to do, you got this guy you got to care about, this tragedy. And he said, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm doing everything right, but I'm doing the best, best I can. And – you know, for a quarterback to get out front and be that type of leader uh, in today's sports environment, it made me love the Raiders even a little bit more. It's so, Barry. This okay. So, and full disclosure for all the listeners. I mean, Barry and I go way back. So, Barry was my high school quarterback, and Barry and I coached together in so many different situations, circumstances. Not even funny. So. There is a some there is a shared brain and a shared heart in a lot of different spaces and, and ways that we go about uh, doing what we do. Um, we've been around 
programs and players where the leadership was not positive. Yes. And we're able to identify players who have the personal goodness to yeah. lead, lead, right? So yeah. I'll ask you this yeah. thing. Can you be a bad person and lead good people? No. No. Uh, I was talking to another coach, another good coaching friend of mine who you really enjoy, and he said that one book that he reads over and over again, is I think it's called Football Genius by Mike Lombardi, and he was tasked with going out and finding a head coach. And as he whittled down the list, he stopped using the word head coach, and he realized what he was really looking for was a leader. Mm-hmm. And, you know, leaders also look for leaders. And when you have a team, when it's going good, you, you, you want to be very careful to make sure that you put the right people out front because a lot of times you need permission or authority to lead. Right, some guys are just but you know, in group dynamics being what they are, sometimes that 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 leader that will be there, he needs permission to lead the team, and that's part of a we say game recognizes game, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a leader who's leading the whole charge and he has a vision of about what this is supposed to be, how it's supposed to go, and 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 enforces that vision with integrity then it becomes easier to spot or easier for the correct people to emerge up front. When messages are not clear, when people are being read, led sometimes by bad people who are trying to do the leadership thing, the integrity is not there, the silliness kind of just, just infects the whole thing, and it becomes very difficult. It becomes like a game of whack-a-mole, right? You think you got something you know, covered over here and something pops up over here. And the central problem is the right people aren't leading the whole the whole deal. With with that in mind, defensively, there are guys that, that are in the huddle that can get you in and out of the huddle and get you in and out of a play. What's required for a defensive leader to get get his team in and out of, of, of a, whether it's a coverage, whether it's a, Pass pressure, what's required? What kind of verbal leader is required? Well, you know, we talk about practice a lot. That person, uh, there's a lot of trust that has to be, um, has to be evolved so that when, when his calls come out or, um, you know, when he's making a shift or changing the coverage or getting into a front, the, the confidence, the trust in his call has to be there. So he has to be that type of person where everybody knows that he unmistakably knows what to get you in of and what to get you out of, right? That you can trust that call. There's no hesitation. He's saying it. I'm in it. We're going. It has to be that way. And that, that evolves through trust and watching a leader, it really how they work. You know, it's not just a playing thing. You know, at these levels, how hard does a guy work? Um, and, and teammates start to look at that. And then you're on the field. He doesn't seem to make a mistake, right? He's always pushing about the right thing. And if you have good guys on your team and they see a guy doing a lot of good things, they'll tend to run toward that, 
right? They'll tend to run toward that and say, hey, I'm going to ride with this guy. This, that's my guy. And it sounds simple, but it gets convoluted, like we talked about earlier. If we don't have the right person leading, if the vision isn't clear, if it's not purposeful, if it doesn't have integrity, you get a mess on your hands. Barry, what happens when the voice of the coach isn't heard? First, I'll ask, one, what causes a coach's voice to be muted, tuned out, turned off? And then what do you do when that happens? <laughs> well, there's a thousand cause. The, the central cause is that the players just don't believe in what the coach is doing. It, you know, you, uh, you know, I, I, I broke my teeth. My very, very first coaching gig was taking over a youth football club. And I say it was a coaching gig because there were five teams to start with, so I can't coach any of these teams. I have to staff them. And within two years, it grew to 300 players, 15 teams, 450 parents, and 60 coaches, right? Mm-hmm. So I, those people have to believe as I was doing all that that what I was doing was correct, that it was good, right, and that it was going to benefit everybody involved if we kind of, you know, pulled the rope in the same direction. On the other hand, if all of those same people got a feeling that I was doing something selfish, I was lackadaisical, I wasn't putting as much effort, I wasn't as prepared, as more prepared than they were, um, I was lazy, all that kind of stuff, then that same group of people, it doesn't go anywhere. It just doesn't, and you don't produce anything. Leadership starts with vision. You have to have a clear vision of how this thing is going to go, and then the structure of how it's going to happen, the process. How do we get there? And that's where the vision and the structure have to have integrity. Everybody involved has to understand the vision, and they have to understand that what you're asking them to do is going to lead them in the direction that you say that you're going to go. And anything that wavers from that allows silliness to get in and tomfoolery and nonsense. And it really starts at the top. Yeah, it, it, it does. We're talking to Barry Thompson, Fairfax Football Academy. Barry, it's, it's so when that thing doesn't happen, Right, and people will scream out from from the tops of buildings and with megaphones. Trust the process. But if there's no result in the process, can you trust it? it well, the answer is no. I mean, it's hard. That's the hardest thing to do. Uh, you know, there, there has to be when you set up a pro- well. If somebody's running around. It's kind of cliche. Like I never when I was doing that. With a, I never said trust the process when I was coaching high school basketball. You know, I never said trust the process. It's this, this is the way that we're going to do this thing. It involves everybody. Here's your role in it. Here's your position. Here's your place. Let's go get to work. And that if we do this, good things are going to happen. Now, it's hard for me to believe that if you're doing all that, that good things aren't happening. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but, but if you, if you define this thing and good things aren't happening, yes, you're going to eventually start to, to, to lose people. And, um, you know, because people just are who they are. So even going back, I'm jumping levels and everything, but even when I was going back to that, that, that youth football club that I took over, it was bad, DP. Mm-hmm. 
But the thing that I can hang my hat on, I didn't say we're going to win. I said that, hey, you know, from a parent, this is going to be organized. I'll communicate. And, and that was it, right? So practice it was organized. We communicated. We got on the field, off the field. Coaches kind of had a plan when they came to practice. And that's not winning a game, but that's, like, good stuff. And everybody felt good about it. And that is the process, though, that leads to winning. Yeah, you know I mean, so it's it's got to be good from the start. It's got to be clearly defined. I think one of the toughest things in football, and I see it over and over again, and it's just I think it's hard to do, but it's the right thing to do, is on any possession there are only eleven players out there, but you have maybe sixty or seventy roles on the team. Mm-hmm. So if you're not good at defining the role specifically for each of those players, in some form or fashion. Yeah, you're going to lose them. You know, what's in it for me, you know, at the end of the day? Where I'm doing all this, but what's in it for me? Well, right? and that has to be defined. I'm sorry. But I know, that, I know that, that good coaches that we've been around had steps to success. And yes. one, you had to define what success was, right? You can't just say we're going to be successful without telling me, one, where you are, two, where you're going, and then three, right. how you're going to get there, like what it'll look like what it'll, when you get there. Like there's simplicity in this thing that people complicate, and it makes me bonkers, right, that, that, that to be around sports teams that say, well, we're going to be successful, and then not tell me what that means, and then leaving the fans out because the fans don't know. One, what was committed to. Two, what's the plan? Like what is the plan? And – you and I can say without... A- Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. 2023 Aria has limited availability. All-wheel drive expected availability early 2023, subject to change. 100, 100% that we've never started a season with the intent of being 500, ever. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, no. But let's go to two recent examples I've kind of watched. One I saw close and one I saw from afar, and actually three. I saw three, three kind of, two up close, actually. Duke, I saw Duke when Coach Cut got there, and they were, they were on the verge of getting to their first uh, bowl game. And then I saw Bronco. UVA is doing whatever UVA is doing, but I saw how they went about it. They have buy-in at UVA, right? There's a brotherhood there. And then you have Mel Tucker at at, at uh, In each of those cases, none of those guys started talking about winning. Mm. They just started talking about how this is how we're going to do this thing. Right? It's fine. Like, Mel, you go back, he was talking about, Coming out of the spring, you know, can, can we can we get our fundamentals down? We've been doing all this. Can we execute a fundamental under pressure? Mm-hmm. Like that's an important thing. So, how you define success? When you go out that day, you execute a fundamental under success. Those coaches up in uh, each Lansing are going to sing hosannas, and that's a good day. And the player's going to feel good for himself. But here's the bigger picture: that fundamental is what's going to lead to winning. You get 11 guys executing those fundamentals, knowing their assignments, and everybody around them understands that, hey, if I want to get on the field, if I want to be a part of this team, I've got to know myself when I get on the field. I, I have to be able to execute. 
that's the process that leads to, I think they're ranked uh, number five right now. Mm-hmm. Right? He didn't start saying, hey, this year we're going to go 5-0. I looked at the schedule and blah, blah, blah. They were starting like, you know, and I saw Bronco. Bronco started with, he would have guys, they had this thing that they did early on where they had to hold hands on the sideline on, on a, a, a possession change. So the offense is coming in. Mm-hmm. And they had something, they held hands, there was something that they said, they took another step, there was something they said, and it was like UVA, and they all took the field at the same time. And they don't do that now, mm-hmm. but you understood what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. He was trying to say, I don't know what we are, but we are together on this <laughs> Right. <laughs> we have, you know, we may not, but we are together, right? We are together. We, 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 we off the field, we take the field together. We're going to play together, and we're going to leave the field together, right? Well, that That's was how that. So this is this is special. This is special because you know the story, right? That I went to a high school. I I'd, I'd heard a. I want to say it was a YouTube clip. I don't know what it was, but it, it resonated with me. And I said, "Well, geez, what a really cool way to get people to start together because you can't finish together if you don't start together." Right, and I yeah. said this in a in a in a big program, and I said, "Listen, I'm going to take some of that, and I'm going to put it together. I'm going to change it to fit what we do." But I then proposed it to the athletic director, who said, "No, no, no, don't do that. It sounds too much like a prayer." And I said, "Well, we won't call it a prayer. We'll call it a coat. We'll call it the coat, right?" And then the funny thing was, right, that in Virginia, years ago, many, 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 many years ago. In every sport, this code was said before the game and after the game. And then I got here, my first time going to a Nebraska practice. I walked out and I looked on the side of the side of the practice. Like they've got the, the billboards up, the walls up. And on the walls, it says those things that I would say, Barry, how many kids do we know that had to chant the words, day by day, we get better right. and better, not yep. knowing that it was Nebraska, and then getting here to Nebraska and going, oh, right. that's where that came from. We've been using this, just as you said, as a way to yeah. listen. We never had the most talented players. Right. We never had the biggest, strongest, fastest. We never did. Right. But we found a way to get them to start together and finish together. And then in between, it, the, like the narrows, the, the margins close in. Because you constantly are together. And bad teams are disconnected. Like, that's the first thing you can t- say about a team that's not winning football games or basketball games. They're not connected. They right. are not connected. They're, they don't start together. They don't finish together. Brother, right. listen, I wish you were here this morning when we talked to that basketball team. <laughs> but, but, you know, but you know how it went down. Like, you know how that – that 20 minutes with the, with the Husker basketball team, you know how that went because you've heard yeah. it a hundred yeah. times. Yeah. I, I, if it's possible, I was probably smiling more than you after <laughs> you called me. I was, it was, a, it was the extra, we had a good day here, but it was a little extra sunshine. Yeah. And, and just to your point about teams that aren't, it, it's funny, you know, it becomes a chicken and egg thing. Guys who, who lose, they don't like hanging out with each other. Oof. They don't. Why do we want to hang out with somebody that you're losing with? You don't, right? That's why these, these building blocks are so important. That that saying, uh, you know, I ran into it at Woodbury. Right? Woodbury said, it's not just the saying the things. It's the building blocks that go into those words having authentic meaning for those group of players. Yeah. It 
has to be, all of it has to be connected. Um, and like I said, when, once it's, uh, once it doesn't have integrity, and I'll give you two examples. That, you know, we go back and talk about these schemes. There, you talk, I talk about integrity. You know, there were two things with that, that JV team. There were two, at least two moments there where if I didn't do what I did, the players might have started looking at me as talented as they are and said, you know, he doesn't mean what he says. Mm-hmm. One, you and I had always been about grades in football. Well, I'd be great in, in sports. And when I first selected that team, one of the bigger players on the team, I got the reg- his grades weren't right. Mm-hmm. And so the first move was to sit him down, understand how these grades get back in order, and to not let him practice until each grade got to where it needed to be. And I would give him more and more. And he came to practice, right? So that was one. Another one moment was um, we were rolling along, and probably three of the other guys just drifted while I was working with another unit. And all of a sudden, I hear this big clang at my back. Mm-hmm. And what they had decided to do was while all the rest of the team was kind of focused on what was going on, they decided to see who could you know, hang off the rim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to react. And I, I remember that moment. I stopped practicing. Stop practice, and I told everybody, I said, I'm trying to, I'm stopping practice because I'm trying to gather my wit so that I don't say or do the wrong thing. And I remember asking the team, like, what do you think you should do? And none of it was right. And I said, here's what I'm going to do. And I told the three guys, I said, you're going to call your parents in here tomorrow. And I'm going to sit down with you and your parents. You're going to tell them exactly what you did. And the reason you're going to tell them what you did during practice is because the next time you slip up, and I kick you out of here, they'll know exactly why. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. so it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. Your structure has to have integrity. Right? You can't let guys fly off. And they have to know um, that, hey, this is the direction that we're going. And if you want to be a part of this, things are going to be really cool. If you don't want to be a part of this, things are going to be really rough, and you may want to get out of here. You, you know how I knew? That's the moment. And that was a job that I talked you into taking. Yes, you did. Because I saw that. I'm like, wait a minute. You're perfect for this. You will crush this. Now, again, for, for the folks that know, a high school team that wins 14 of its first games under, under Coach Thompson and finishes 15-1, and you go, at that moment when you said, I had to shut it down because it was mm-hmm. going in a direction that I didn't like. And yep. I said, that team is going to be successful because you did yeah. You did. You meant what you yeah. said. You were a man of your word. Look, for folks, when you look at a team that's talented and it's not producing, it's easy to look at. It's easy yeah. to identify what happened, right? They, 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 they'll tell you, hey, coach, I got you. Yeah. But they don't. Oh, my God. I got you. We used to hate you. I, my bad. Yep. I've got a young quarterback that I'm raising, and he's been great, but he – he has gotten a PhD course in like eight weeks about <laughs> what it means to be a varsity quarterback. Mm. And one time there, and something about his score, and he's doing great. We're eight and seven and two. He's thrown one interception. He's going to go over a thousand yards passing. He's doing fine. But, you know, the other place to this, right, we talk about the 22 hours that you're off the field, right? You've got to bring them along on that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of new to him. And, and there was something like a Spanish vocab thing. I said, you're supposed to get this to me. And he goes, I got you, Coach. And then the next time I saw him, he didn't have it. He goes, oh, I got you, Coach. I go, no, you don't got me. No, you don't. I said, if you got me, I would have this. And I said, they have a thing called the peer-parent review. And he doesn't know how it works. I said, 
don't make me get the password so I can get on the peer parent review. Get me those vocabulary. But I, again, that idea that you're an adult around these guys and you mean what you say is a big deal. And it, it takes energy, it takes effort, and it's tough at times. But in the end, it's better for everybody. Yeah, and and I ain't even got to I ain't even got to go through this. But when we said my bad, what does that mean, Coach Thompson? <laughs> it means you're bad. My bad sits on the bench. <laughs> my bad, my it's bench, a, man. We got, That's a, it. we got a place. We got a place for my bad. It's right on the bench. My bad to get you on my bench. That is how that works, and it happens one time. I get to hear it one time, and we're gonna hear it no more. Coach, what are we eating? Well, we went over to North Africa and we zeroed in on the country of Tunisia. There's a dish over there called Labi Labi La Labi L A B L A B I, and uh, it's a wonderful dish that you can put together under an hour, um, except for one exception: you have to use these dried chickpeas. You can't use the garbanzo beans. You have to dry, so you have to let them soak in 12 hours or you know 24 hours, whatever that is. But the dish. It is phenomenal. Um, it starts with just some basic stuff, some onions, some garlic, some tomato paste. I heard you were talking about a little Italian food, tomato paste. And then it's kind of like the equivalent of North African salsa called harissa. It's spicy and has stuff that goes in there, and cumin. And that's the base of this. And then the water goes in, the chickpeas go in, and you let it go for about an hour. That's simple. Now, while that's going on, the whole thing about this dish is the uh, the condiments that go on it. So while that's doing its thing, you get some green olives, chop them up, some capers, chop them up, some parsley, chop it up, some cilantro, chop it up, uh, a little extra harissa if you want it extra spicy, some lemon wedges, some cumin, and uh, I won't call it a hard-boiled egg, but a hard-boiled egg would be fine. A great way to do that, by the way, is just to get a pot, put some water, steam it for about seven, eight, nine minutes, depending on what you want the yolk to do. And that comes out. Now, in the bowl, before you ladle this in, you put stale bread. Or you can make your own croutons and put that in there, and it has an interesting roll. So you have your stale bread in there, and then you ladle this stuff on top of that bread, and then you begin to put on the condiments. I Today I went around the world. So I put the olives on, I put the capers on, a uh, little olive oil, a squeeze of lemon, uh, the parsley, the cilantro, a little harissa on top, a little cumin, and uh, split the egg, and I had it in the dish. It's a wonderful, wonderful dish that you can do under an hour. Uh, There's nothing funky in it. Uh, These are all kind of flavors and textures that we're used to, but it's a wonderful, wonderful dish. It has taste, it has texture, and you can put it together under an hour. And uh, I'm sitting right out out of uh, Total Wine here. I'm going to get a beer to to go with my second helping. Man, (laughs) bruh. Bruh. Oh, yeah. I'll share a picture of it so folks yes, can see please it. Do. Please it is do. no joke. Barry Thompson, love you, brother. Appreciate you, man. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. That is Barry Thompson, Fairfax Football Academy. Up next, uh, Hall of Famer. Husker Hall of Famer Jay Foreman will call us and we'll talk to the Hall of Famer next. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and Jay on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.